Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri. I hope you're having a wonderful day. You may or may not be able to hear a lot of rain in the background during this episode. Uh, I think it's kind of a nice background track, and maybe you won't be able to hear it, but I just wanted to let you know that I am recording this podcast on a delightfully rainy day in autumn, kind of cozied up under a blanket. All I need is some hot coffee or tea to really fill out the mood of kind of cozy, cozy, warm autumn uh, vibes. I don't know if anyone else loves that, but that's one of my favorite parts of the fall is aside from crunchy leaves uh, and Thanksgiving is like just cozying up and, and being comfy and listening to a lovely rain shower. So that is not the topic of today's episode. Today, we are talking all about nurse practitioner compensation and specifically a question that I get fairly often about whether or not you should take a low offer out of desperation. And a few times per week, I'll be scrolling on Facebook and I'll see a post in one of those big nurse practitioner Facebook groups that you may or may not be a part of. And if you've been around here any length of time, I really don't like those groups for a whole host of reasons. However, I'm still in them. I still try to comment and and provide value when I can, but they're not really the most supportive or encouraging places for NPs. And yet so many NPs that's all that they have. And that's too bad. But usually I'll be scrolling and this happens multiple times per week. I'll see a post usually from someone looking for some feedback about their first NP job offer. And like I said, this person likely does not have a mentor or a community of peers, you know, like the NP society, for example, shameless plug. So they look to the huge groups for feedback. And what they do is they'll list out the the salary benefits, et cetera, and then end the post with thoughts, you know, like thoughts with a question mark at the end. And usually the Facebook comments look a little bit like this, too low, run. If you accept this offer, you will be a disgrace to the profession. Run in all caps with a running emoji. Nope. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. (laughs) And this is clearly all very helpful feedback, right? Usually, though, these posts are missing a ton of context about the role, the geographic area, the fair market rate for nurse practitioners in that area, et cetera. And and I feel really bad. I usually, there are so many of these posts that I can't get involved in each and every one and help each person as much as I would love to. But today, I want to shine a light on this issue of crowdsourcing your decision-making. 
as well as answer the age-old question, should I take a low offer out of desperation? Now, this would be a pretty short episode if I just answered yes or no to that question, right? I've been talking for three minutes, and um, if I just had a clear-cut answer for you, I wouldn't have a whole episode. And and my job as you know a mentor and a guide for nurse practitioners is not to tell you what to do, but to help you figure out what to do. Okay, and and really, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about the big Facebook groups is how we ask and give support in general. Professionally, we're used to being in the headspace of needing to give a right answer. And sometimes that headspace, we fail to realize that some questions don't require us to give the answer, okay? Some questions are best answered with other questions so that the person who's asking the question can come to their own conclusions. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Some questions are best answered with other questions so that the person who is asking can come to their own conclusions. And this is really a cornerstone of coaching, of mentoring, of counseling, right? It's not just, you know, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to ask somebody and hope that they give me the right answer, right? And a more elevated way of learning is, all right, I'm going to ask a question, and then the person guiding me is going to ask me more questions so that I can come to this conclusion myself, okay? And that's how I feel about all things job related. You know, when I talk with NPs who are asking me questions about their job search or what to do, you know, I'm not the be-all, end-all person who has all the answers. But what I can do is I can tell you about my experience. I can tell you about the experience of others who I've worked with. And what I'm really good at is asking you questions so that you can figure out the best decision for you right? Because we don't live in a one-size-fits-all world. So a lot of the questions that we ask, particularly related to being a new NP, job searching, even with medical decision-making sometimes, these are, are not things that only have one answer, okay? So when someone asks me if they should take a low offer, I have kind of two main questions that I ask in response. Okay, so if this is you, or if this will be you in the future, I definitely want you to listen, pay attention, kind of flag this episode and come back to it or, or bookmark the show notes page where we'll have a full write out of the episode. So when someone asks me if they should take a low offer, the first question that I ask them is about the context of the offer. And this is really um, a bundle of questions, if you will. So I'm going to ask, where in the country is this job located? What's the fair market rate for nurse practitioners of your experience level and the specialty in that area? What does the benefits package look like? What type of employment is it? Are we talking a 1099? Are we talking a W-2? Full-time, part-time, per diem? All this matters. All this context is important. And the answers to this question are so important in, you know, to all of these questions because a quote-unquote low offer is subjective, okay? You should not be getting the same salary offer in the ER in California as you would in primary care in rural Arkansas, okay? Those are extremes, but just to you know, give some perspective, 
even around the country, there's a lot of variability in what offers look like. And it's important to establish where this offer falls compared to other comparable salaries, right? We want to be the best we can comparing apples to apples, not apples to oranges, right? Like if you were buying a house or selling a house, you, you know, the whole way you come up with a price for a home, if you're selling, you know, a real estate agent is going to pull the comps. And what does that mean? They're going to pull the comparables of houses that sold in that area of similar size and design and features and square footage. And they're going to pull those as comparables. And they're going to use those comparables to inform how you should price your house. And the same thing if you're buying and you want to make an offer, you're going to do the same thing. You'll look at the comparables for the house that you're looking at to decide, okay, what is a a fair and reasonable offer? And there's always going to be negotiation room on either side of that offer. Now, not to fully compare our our profession to real estate, right? These are these are different things, but to just kind of give an idea or a metaphor of how this structure can work, things are going to be differently depending on the factors influencing those things. And and we could certainly go into in more nitty-gritty about what goes into a specific offer in terms of productivity and insurance reimbursement and the payer makeup of the demographic of the clinic. That's probably a topic for a different uh, episode that's a little bit too detailed from what I want to really go over today. Uh, but just keep in mind that the context of the offer is important. Okay. So those questions that you want to ask yourself will be where in the country are you? What's the fair market rate for NPs of your similar experience level and the specialty of the role? What does the benefits package look like? And what type of employment is it? Hey, my friend, if you are a nurse practitioner or an NP student, and you're wondering how the heck to get started and stand out looking for a job, then I have something special for you. My on-demand workshop, No More Job Boards, will teach you exactly how to approach finding jobs that aren't posted online. If you've been around here for a minute or two, you know that it is really the cornerstone of how I teach NPs to find jobs by reverse engineering the process. By the end of this workshop, you will have a list of at least 10 places to reach out to, and you'll know exactly where to get started and how to spend your time in your job search, what to say, and how to say it. This is a workshop that I originally did live, and it was so popular that we decided to make it an on-demand training. Head to theresumerx.com slash jobs to enroll in this training for just $37. That's theresumerx.com slash jobs to enroll in no more job boards for just $37. Now, the next question I ask is, what would taking this position allow you to be or allow you to do or allow you to have? What would taking this position allow you to be, allow you to do, or allow you to have? It's important to recognize that salary isn't the most important thing. And there are so many other benefits of taking particular jobs. For someone, it may be worth taking a lower salary to have a half day on Fridays and weekends off, or to have a 10% retirement contribution 
or to be an expertly trained NP in a new area, or to become hired by a health system with lots of future opportunities that you could be an internal candidate for. The point here, these are examples of things that add value that are not related to that final bottom line salary number. And I want to tell you a story. The first nurse practitioner job I ever had was working at a student health center at a university, and I was one of many nurse practitioners in this department. Now, this was nearly 10 years ago in rural Ohio, and the salary I took for this job was not quite $70,000 per year. Okay, 10 years, this was 2011, rural Ohio, 70,000 a year. However, this was a 10 month position over 12 months, which meant that I did have to work year round. The, the student health center was open year round, but I was essentially a 0.8 full-time equivalent or FTE. I had, you know, they did the math and it was, you know, essentially 10 full-time months of work stretched over 12 hours. So as a result, I had this large bank of days off that I had to take throughout the year. And and I was salaried, so my salary was the same every month, but I didn't have to work 40 hours a week, essentially. And this was great for me as I transitioned to a new role and transitioned to a new state. I had just moved to Ohio. I knew nobody there other than my husband, who was not even my fiance at the time. And he actually soon was my fiance. So I was also planning a wedding not shortly thereafter, after taking this, after taking this position. And not to mention, there was an amazing retirement contribution of 10% of my annual salary. I didn't even have to put anything in. This wasn't a match. It was just 10% of my annual salary, free money into my retirement, which I realized, and, and granted, I was in my 20s at the time, I was mature enough to realize that this was money in my pocket later in life and totally, totally worth it for me. Okay, this was a great offer based on the context of the offer as well as what it afforded me to be, do, and have. Okay, it ended up being a great stepping stone position for me. It opened doors for me later in my career. Uh, I got some great urgent care and procedural experience. I learned how to suture. I got to run a public health event for the university and, and put that on my resume. I planned and ran a whole get yourself tested STD testing event. It really was a great place for my first job. And all of this is to say, it's completely up to you to decide what is worth it for you. Okay. If you are taking an offer that's lower than what you want in terms of the salary number, there should be some other things on the other side of the scale that balance it out for you. And you're the only one who can decide what that is. Okay. I can't decide that for you. All I can do is help you work through and, and make the decision for yourself. Now, there are some extremely low offers, but you can still come to these conclusions by asking these questions because an extremely low offer is going to not rank essentially on all the questions in that first context bundle of questions, right? The It's not going to come even close to the fair market rate for NPs, right? It's maybe not going to have great benefits. The employment, it's not, it's not going to have things that make it worth it. It's going to be kind of a no-brainer, low-ball offer. Okay. 
And I'd probably not recommend that you take something that's very, very low, that doesn't even come within 20 to 30% of fair market rate. Okay. I also want to take a moment to acknowledge that it really comes from a place of privilege to be able to take a long time finding the right job for you, especially if you're no longer working as an RN. Not everyone has the financial privilege to go long stretches of time unemployed or underemployed. So sometimes taking a position that's less than ideal for you can come from a place of need or survival. And I just want to normalize that and say that that's okay. And that, you know, those folks who are saying run, never take an offer that's lower than X are, you know, not people who necessarily are taking into account the fact that not everybody can can stay unemployed or or underemployed. Okay. The other thing that I want to say is that this next job of yours likely will not be your forever job, right? There's a lot of flexibility in our careers and opportunities to pivot and move around. So remember that a job isn't forever when you are making these decisions. I don't want to say, you know, you should feel free to take a new job every several months, but at the same time, you know, it is rare for anyone to stay in their first NP job forever. Along those same lines, your starting salary isn't forever either. You can always ask to renegotiate your salary after you're oriented and after you're at full productivity. And in most cases, you can likely expect annual salary increases at least cost of living increases and hopefully the opportunity to negotiate higher with more experience and more value that you add to your practice. So I'd really love to hear from you about this. I think this is kind of a hot button topic. I want to know, did you ever take a job that was considered a really low offer? And in hindsight, you know, why did you take it? Why did you pass on it? What happened? Was it a good decision or not? And if you want to talk about this or you want to share, go ahead and tag me on Instagram at the resume RX. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to hear about your experience. I think that we need to talk more about compensation and money and negotiation in our profession. And I think this is a great starting off point. So I hope to hear from you about this topic and I'll catch you next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.